Welcome to the podcast of the preaching ministry of LifePoint Church, led by Pastor Lane Harrison. We pray this ministry is a blessing for your life. For more information about LifePoint, please visit lifepointozark.com. For more information and resources from Pastor Lane, please visit mlaneharrison.com. Happy Easter. Two powerful words. Yes. Yes, I'm so thankful to be able to share this time with you today. Uh, It's been a great weekend for us already with our Good Friday service and our sunrise service this morning. I'm looking forward to great services in this hour and this time as well. Take your Bibles with me. I want to begin with Luke's record of the resurrection, Luke chapter 24. We've been walking through Luke's gospel account. In all of our services for the weekend, Luke chapter 23, verses 44 to 49 on Friday night in the record of Good Friday. This morning, we looked at verses 1 through 12 of Luke 24, and we're going to draw from 1 through 12 this morning as well, but we'll cover all the way through verse 35 in Luke's 24th chapter this morning. What really matters Have you ever had a moment in your life that clarifies that for you? I mean, the things that really matter in life. You know, sometimes we uh, are put into situations where we are forced to determine what really matters in life or or where we come to see what really matters. And maybe it's a, a, um, a situation or a circumstance, often crisis, natural disasters can do this for us. When we realize the loss of material things can all be replaced, when life has been spared, that's what's most important. That's the kind of situation I'm wanting us to consider for just a moment this morning as we begin. Have you ever been in a moment or circumstance where you had clarified what really matters for your life. There can be many situations that cause us to do this or confront us to realize this. Well, today is a day that clarifies what really matters. That's what Easter's all about. It helps us cut through the chaos and the clutter and the compounding confusion that the world and life in daily living brings upon us. Does it not? I mean, we get into the grind and we create a rut and that rut becomes a trench that becomes then a, a, a hollow, as they say in the Ozarks maybe, and sometimes we then can't even see over the edge of it. But Easter has a way of giving us a moment of pause and causing us to cut away from everything that has piled up and clarifying for us what, really matters and what we see at Easter is simply this that God raised Jesus from the grave and enthroned him above so he could give life to all who believe and raise them with him you see our prayer for you today our prayer for you each and every week but especially today is that if you've never come to a point in your life where you've repented of your sin, you've turned from yourself, and you've put your faith in Christ to become a Christian, we want to invite you, we want to encourage you, we implore you today to do this, because this is what really 
matters. I want us to look at this passage in the Gospel of Luke today, chapter 24. And I want us to see in the biblical text three matters that really matter to God. And three matters that really matter for us. Let's go to Luke chapter 24. I want to read the text for us. I couldn't say it better myself and I shouldn't try. So I'm going to let you hear the word of God for yourself. Luke chapter 24 verse 1. But on the first day of the week at early dawn, they went to the tomb, taking spices they had prepared. And they found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel. And as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here He has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and on the third day rise. And they remembered his words and returning from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary the mother of James and the other women with them who told these things to the apostles. But these words seemed to them an idle tale, and they did not believe them. But Peter rose and ran to the tomb, stooping and looking in. He saw the linen cloths by themselves, and he went home marveling at what had happened. May God bless the reading, the hearing, the understanding, and the obeying of his word today. What really matters? The first matter that really matters with God and for us is this. It is the historical reality of eternal significance that we have in this record. God the Father raised Jesus from the dead. God the Father raised Jesus from the dead. Friends, of all of the eternal, spiritual, heavenly truths We should not overlook the historical reality of this event. Sunday arrived early while the disciples were still in shock of Friday. They hadn't even begun to fully grieve because they were still in shock. And in some ways they weren't even no longer numb from the shock of Friday. Grief doesn't just occur in an instance and then pass It is a process, and they were in the midst of this process, huddled together in small pods for fear that the crowds might come and just find them too and go ahead and take out the whole swath of those followers of the one they had just crucified. And so in these small pods, they're rehashing the events of the past few days, and we know this from this chapter we'll read in just a moment. They were mourning and they were grieving the loss of so much. And these women went to the tomb early because they were going to prepare the body one final time with spices to honor the one who had deceased. They weren't going to the tomb to claim some promise, but completing the duties of the funeral to honor the body of their beloved. Have you ever considered, I don't hear it mentioned very often, That the context of the greatest news ever 
was a grievous injustice. A series of abuses that ended in a cruel execution and ultimately a funeral. A funeral. But there was no other way, friends. You see, the only way to truly show power and authority over death, over hell and the grave, was to walk in and to walk away unhindered. And that's what Jesus did. It tells us in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 9 and 10, that he ascended. And if he ascended, then he descended. He went to where you and I, because of him, will never have to go. And he did for us what we could never do. And when it was finished, he walked out of the tomb. Christ is not afraid of the problems of the trials of your life because he's already conquered and overcome the biggest problem of every life. Sin, death, hell, and the grave. Paul records it this way in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 3 and 4. Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with With the scriptures. Now that phrase is critical for us to understand and for us to know what happened. Jesus died and he was buried and God raised him up. Why? Why did God raise Jesus from the dead? Well, the Bible says that God raised Jesus from the dead for three specific reasons. God raised Jesus from the dead to demonstrate power over death. And that he will also raise us up with him. Ephesians 2, 4 through 7 tells us, But God made us alive together with Christ and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. God raised Jesus from the dead to demonstrate that he had the power over death. That death was no threat to God. Death was not final with God. And if you are by faith found in Jesus Christ, you, Christian, will also be raised with him. And even though that is yet to occur, it is as secure as Christ's already having been raised. You see, there is nothing, neither in heaven or on earth, under the earth, above the earth, or any other place around the earth that can change this eternally secured promise. Because Christ was raised, we too shall rise with him. That's power over death. The Bible also teaches that God raised Jesus to show his power over hell. And to prove that his righteous demand for sin and our justification had been secured. Speaking of Abraham, Paul explains in Romans chapter 4, It was counted to us who believe in him who raised from the dead Jesus our Lord, who was delivered up for our trespasses and raised for our justification. Now you say, how was Paul talking about Abraham in Romans 4. He was telling us what kind of faith it was that Abraham had in a future-looking faith in the one who had not come but was promised to come. 
And we know that Jesus Christ was the promised one who came. And when we place our faith in the promise of what God will do because of what he did in Jesus Christ, it will be counted to us as righteousness as well. You see, because of what Jesus did on the cross in his death, Because he satisfied the wrath of God and the righteous demand of holiness and righteousness in him. And because he satisfied the demand, what it required for our justification, for our standing before God and God saying, it is done. Guilty, but justified. Why? Because God does not look upon the person who stands in front of him who by faith in Jesus Christ has died to self and has come alive to him. He looks upon the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross and he says, you are guilty of your sin, but he has paid them for you. You are free. You are alive. That's justification, friends. And friends, that is as secure for us today on the day we stand before God as it was On the day Jesus walked out of the tomb and left it empty. The Bible teaches that God raised Jesus to show his power over the grave. You see, when when God raised Jesus, he showed that death holds no threat for the Christian. He showed us that the eternal reality of hell and where Satan will be bound for all eternity and those who do not put their faith in Jesus Christ shall be placed with him to spend a miserable and unbearably painful eternity. Holds no threat to God for he's the one that holds the key. But it also shows us that he has full power over the grave, that those who are raised have eternal life. 1 Corinthians 15, 42, Paul goes on to say, so it is with the resurrection of the dead. What do you mean so it is? As it was with Jesus Christ in his resurrection from the grave, so it is with the resurrection of those of us who by faith in him and we die physically, it shall be. What is sown is perishable. We go into that grave in the flesh, temporal, perishable, but we will walk out imperishable because he came out. That's what the scripture teaches us. Friends, this really matters. God has power over death, over hell, over the grave. In Jesus Christ, he has forgiven and justified us from sin. And he holds the final power over our grave. The resurrection is God's yes to Jesus' work on the cross. It's the moment that God said amen and amen to what took place. What really matters? Well, we see that. And what really matters right now is my notes just went off. That really matters right now. Ah, but behold, they are back. 
What really matters is electronics may be on their way out. What really matters, go with me to verse 13 of Luke 24. Verse 13, that very day, two of them were going to a village named Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. And they were talking with each other about all the things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing together, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, with, what is this conversation that you are holding with each other as you walk? And they stood still, looking sad. Then one of them, named Cleopas, answered him, Are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who does not know the things that had happened there in these days? And he said to them, What things? And they said to him, Concerning Jesus of Nazareth, a man who was a prophet mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and rulers delivered him up to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all of this, it is now the third day since these things happened. Moreover, some women of our company amazed us. They were at the tomb early in the morning and when they did not find his body, they came back saying that they had even seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. (laughs) Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said. But him they did not see. And he said to them, O foolish ones and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. What really matters on Easter Sunday to God and should matter for us is not only the historical reality of eternal significance, but the historical record of the eternal word. Jesus appeared to his disciples to prove this. He is the living word. How many times I've read this and wondered, how did they not know this was the guy that they were all talking about? I mean, you have to wonder that in this passage. How did they not recognize Jesus? We know that when he came out of the tomb, that he had the same body, but there was something distinct about it. There was something so distinct about it that it wasn't immediately recognizable. This won't be the only group that will have this appear. Of course, when I asked that question, how did they not know this was the guy they were talking about? Too often today, I hear many people regularly talk about Jesus. Then by their conversation, I can become convinced too that they don't actually know him by what is said, by what is surmised or opined. Friends, this is a really important matter what we see here and what Jesus says to us here. To speak of or to speak about Jesus is not the same as knowing Jesus. Let us be clear in a culture that is saturated with a lot of religiosity, with a lot of Christianity. 
Christianity and Christendom that is not in accordance with the scriptures in its practice or even in its definition too often. Jesus is not simply trying to win an argument, but he is explaining what? The scriptures. He's explaining the scriptures. God himself in flesh, incarnate, comes. And what does he do? Does he say, look at me and believe? No, he says, listen to the word of God and see that that's who I am. He explained the scriptures for people to believe in him. Why? Because it is in the hearing of the word of God that faith comes from God. It is by the word of God that the spirit of God even today illumines brings light to our heart and to our mind and to our soul to see God, to see Jesus Christ for who he really is. You see, Jesus' rebuke and explanation shows that they did not believe the testimony of the ladies at the empty tomb that morning because they had not believed the testimony of Moses and the prophets And all the scriptures. In other words, they didn't understand all that had taken place because they failed to believe those who had foretold it. Friends, you can say you believe in Jesus, but until you believe his word by faith to make it fully yours, you will not recognize him either. It does not matter how closely he walks to you. Too often we demand more proof or testimony claiming that's what we need to understand or believe. If I just had one more piece of evidence, one more proof, I would believe. And Jesus says the only thing lacking is your belief. All you need to believe Jesus is Lord has already been revealed. Friends, for us today, this really, really matters. Jesus appeared to prove he was the eternal word and he calls us to believe in him. He's calling you today to believe in him. Not not to know a little more about him. Surely that's part of the process. Not to just to be able to speak more fluently of him. Surely that's part of the process as well. But to abandon every demand that you place in the way so that you can Put off, neglect, or forsake putting your full trust in Him one more instant. Push all that to the side and to say, I believe today Jesus is God. He is God who came and He is God who loved. He is God who taught. He is God who revealed love from God. He is God who climbed up on the cross willingly and laid down His life. He is God who came out of the tomb and walked along beside. And today, I will not miss Him because I will believe in Him. This really matters. Jesus appeared to prove he was the eternal word and he is calling to us today. We have all we need. Will you believe? Will you believe? And then third, Luke chapter 24, verse 28. It tells us, so they drew near to the village to which they were going. They're still walking along the road. He acted as if he were going further. But they urged him strongly saying, stay with us for it is toward evening and the day is now far spent. 
So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took the bread and he blessed it and he broke it and he gave it to them. And their eyes were opened and they recognized him. And he vanished from their sight. They said to each other, did not our hearts burn within us while he talked to us on the road, while he opened to us the scriptures? And they rose that same hour and returned to Jerusalem, and they found the eleven, and those who were with them gathered together, saying, The Lord has risen indeed, and he has appeared to Simon. Then they told what had happened on the road and how he was known to them in the breaking. Of the bread. What really matters is not only the historical reality, the historical record, but also the historical moment of eternal life. The Holy Spirit burns conviction in the heart by the testimony of the Word to bring saving faith. Jesus went in with his disciples and they continued discussing these matters of the last few days and even by the light within they didn't recognize him yet. And everyone was obviously talking about these things but but while talking about these things Jesus made a motion for the table and in that motion he took the bread and it says in that instant he, he blessed the bread and all of a sudden something began to transpire that transcended the immediacy of the moment and, and then after blessing it he, he broke the bread and, and he gave them some to take and, and he gave it to them and, and Luke doesn't mention to us that Jesus was performing the Lord's Supper but he doesn't have to because in that instant everyone was so struck by the activity of Jesus Jesus because the Spirit was bringing to life eyes that had not yet seen who He was. Their eyes were opened, He said, and, and they recognized Him in that instant. You see, it's not a reference to their vision with their eyes, but the deeper sight of the soul. These, these are the eyes of faith that see Jesus not in the physical being, but with the eyes of our heart, with the eyes of our soul, with the eyes of our being. It's when faith brings us to life from our own tomb of sin's death. And the disciples saw with the eyes of their heart to know who Jesus was. And even though he was out of sight, they saw him and they knew him in that instance. They said, did not our hearts burn within us while he talked to us on the road, while he opened to us the scriptures. You see, friends, as we open the scriptures today, it is the same burning conviction that was felt on the road to Emmaus as he explained the scriptures to them. It was the same burning conviction that was felt at the table when he broke bread and gave it to him. It is the same burning conviction that we are feeling even in this moment today because it is the same Holy Spirit that opens the eyes of the soul to see the one with saving faith who brings new life. Believing in Jesus is far more than only an intellectual comprehension for the Spirit works by burning conviction to produce saving faith. Oh, I remember at the age of 16, I'd spent every day of my life in the church 
And even at such a young age, I'd spent more time at the church than people three times my age. I was there not only twice or three times on Sunday and Wednesday and throughout the week because of my family and because of my father's leadership. I'd won badges, I had won pins and trophies and certificates for all of my labors in the church and every one of them was not wasted. Not a single one of them was for naught, but none of them saved me. Until about 3 o'clock in the morning, on July the 3rd, 1986, when God took all of that stuff that had been crammed in my gray matter and all of those moments of memory, and he set them to the side and he said, Lane, it's not about that. It's about this. And he opened for me eyes that I had not seen with before, but I've not ceased to see with since. Eyes of the soul by the burning conviction of God's Spirit that brought into me something I had never known and would never be able to accomplish for myself, but I didn't have to. It was given as a free gift. Salvation. And he saved this rebellious reprobate who had had every opportunity of life and refused it, only using it for his own good. And yet he had the grace to give me that life. I still feel it every time I remember that night God saved me. Every time the word of God zings me in my spirit, I know the spirit is speaking. It's not only a feeling, friends, but it surely includes a very distinct feeling. A feeling that begins to command the wholeness of our body because the Spirit within us is working on us. The Holy Spirit burns a conviction that is unmistakable and undeniably God working in the heart and the life. And I tell you, every Christian in the room feels it too when they remember what God has done for them in that saving moment. It matters so much you never get over it. It matters so much it changes the way you live the rest of your life, no matter how many days remain for you. It matters so much. You no longer live for yourself, but you live for Him who died for you and was raised to give you life. This really matters. The Holy Spirit burns conviction in the heart to produce saving faith. You see, friends, God raised Jesus from the grave and enthroned him above so he could give life to all who believe and raise them with him. What really matters? What really matters today is what you do with Jesus. There's not a person in the room today, not one, whom the Spirit is not speaking, whom the Spirit is not drawing and inviting. And what really matters today is whether you will repent of your sin and put your faith in Jesus to walk with Him 
or whether you'll just walk away. Would you bow your head with me and close your eyes?